literally, actually. It's the man with the plan. I ain't Clark Kent, but some of the ladies do call me Superman. It's your boy, Big Cali. I'm here feeling good, feeling great as usual. Coming with another one, another Big Cali world. And, man, this... I don't even know how to introduce this guy. I'm going to be real with you, man, because he's, this is like a mentor, not even like a mentor. This is a mentor to me. He's the one that basically all my wild Atlanta stories that all my friends, be, I'll be telling, I was a part of a, one of the biggest party promotion club promotion groups in Atlanta, and he was a CEO of it along with all his other board. We're going to get into that. Also, club owner of Oak. Hold on, I had to say this one. Mayoral ambassador <laughs> of nightlife. I don't that, that title alone. It's a lot of titles we can get to. This if you're in Atlanta and you're trying to go out, you're trying to party, and if you're a celebrity from the celebrities, basketball players, NBA, whatever, football, baseball, this is the man. Corey motherfucking felder Corey with a k aka what's up play how you doing welcome to big cali world hey man i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be here man i i appreciate that man very generous very gracious <laughs> bro i haven't seen you first of all i don't think i've seen you since i was like 481 pounds like 500 pounds <laughs> last time great, i see man i meant to say that you. you look great man You're i appreciate it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yo you know what's funny it's when I first cut my hair, when I first shaved my head, yeah. was in Miami on that first spring break trip. Wow. Because I couldn't definitely. get an edge up. I couldn't right. get an edge up anywhere in Miami. And this girl was like, just cut, just shave your head. You can look like Rick Ross. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's going to be it. <laughs> and I shaved it. She kissed my head. I bought a $30 cigar. I was turned out ever since. It was beautiful. <laughs> Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Yep, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But man, how you been, man? How's how's been Atlanta? How how's the fam? Fam is good. Uh my uh son is getting bigger and bigger by the day. Um Damn. but but uh yeah, crazy. Got a kid, bro. Uh, I know that's so crazy to be like married, wow. married with a kid, man. So it's uh it's great, man. So congratulations, you know, by the way, too. Man. Thank you, thank you, man. It's uh definitely a different experience. Um, then, you know, what we were used to when we were on campus and things like that, life has changed and yeah. Atlanta has changed, um, mainly for the better, but it's definitely a different city. Um, still progressive yeah. as ever though. Still progressive mm -hmm. as ever. So just have one. Yeah, man. You've had one hell of a year. Like, trust me, <laughs> I've seen the pandemic battling all that, man. How, first off, has Atlanta even been closed? Let's be, <laughs> because I'm in Cali, we, we're excited to drink at a bar right now. That's like, man, to us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny because I've done a little bit of traveling throughout the pandemic and yeah. seen the dynamics in different cities and states, you know, DC and, you know, New York and um, funny story. I was actually in, so I was in a period of 14 days. I think the, the world shut down and we kind of got the news around March 6-ish, yeah. I think is the date. From around, I think that weekend to about 14 days later, I was in Miami, <laughs> New York, and DC in 14 days. Oh my <clears> gosh. And literally, on, watching, <laughs> and literally watching the pandemic open Progress. up. Progress. Like literally, we did spring break in Miami, and 
I think by the time I got on my flight Sunday to go to New York, they had shut down Miami and they said that was the last weekend that they were going to do anything and that the beaches was closed. What? And they, they put in their curfew literally the next day. So we were always, you know, we've evolved it from doing just our weekend to doing the entire month. So this was the first weekend. So he's like, all right, yo, should we do the whole month? Should we do, you know, one and a half? What are the schools saying? Mm-hmm. Are people coming out? And, you know, this little virus thing, because we got to remember this virus was on a boat in the middle of nowhere at first. Like, right. Oh, and I love how you said this little virus thing, because yeah. that's exactly how we all thought. We were like, yeah. oh, man, this little virus will be back. Yeah. Somebody had some bad bacon on a boat somewhere. And, <laughs> you know, here we go. <clears throat> right. And that's what we thought. And, and somehow that shit swam to shore, even though they had those people in quarantine. I think it was like two weeks on a boat. Um, yeah. And, you know, it just, it, it, you know, and here we are. But um, Atlanta has not been closed. I mean, to be honest with you, man, we've. We've we've done something very remarkable, and and our our cases haven't drastically you know spiked like you. That's what I was gonna before. ask you, man. Like, yeah, those cases I haven't heard because I'm homies still in Atlanta. Yeah, and they told me niggas had it, but then they told me it was just like everywhere else, like niggas had it. Yeah, got over it. For and- us to be open, um, you would think that we would be in a position like a New York and like my home state, New Jersey. New York, yeah. New Jersey. I think I saw on CNN right now they're talking about rolling back everything. Like, hey. We not close. We we closed again, like full close, um, because we're getting we're getting, we're getting a crazy surge. We haven't gotten that surge. Have have our numbers gotten larger? Yeah, just like everywhere else. Um, but for us to be open and be operating and you know super spreading and things like that, there yeah. hasn't been a j- drastic change. Man, is that how you started working? <clears throat> I kind of wanted to yeah with the mayor because honestly, right. I, like I want to get into that too. Like, how'd you start working with her? Because I seen like, bro, you were throwing events the whole time, but they looked <laughs> safe, quote unquote. I say quote unquote because in Cali, we're nervous. We're nervous right. how to do anything, right? So, right. So, like, h- how does she be, reach out to you and do that? Right. To be honest, um, to go to the nervous part, man. We, you know, we were all kind of nervous as everything first started out, and um but my dynamic is different because we haven't been under the same restrictions as everybody else. Um, the mayor herself did not reach out. Some, uh, some of her aides and people in her cabinet reached out and she wanted to devise a task force for opening up the city. Um, she mm. was eminent to kind of get government back on um, the same page. And I was fortunate right. to be uh, the nightlife representative. And that was, I love that us. title. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, but but I stepped into something I really didn't know. It was kind of like I I handled everything. I was over the clubs, strip clubs, the lounges. If you go out after eight o'clock and served alcohol, I pretty much handled you. So that was that was that was some big riches to to, to stand. I'm about in to say you had to bring them all to the table, like talking to different yeah, cl- no. all these club owners <laughs> that you were once in competition with, right? And good now you're like, hey guys, uh, well, we need to all come together. You got to also understand too, man. Um, going through things like the Super Bowl and things of that nature, it was about a sense of togetherness, and everybody who is an owner or a promoter or some sort of influence in this city started coming together around that time to say, hey, well, we don't want out-of-towners coming here and, you know, taking over our city. Like, we want to be a part of that governing voice to the point that we actually met with the NFL mm. and their executives. 
Um, they wow. came to the table in a closed door meeting that I happened to be a part of and say, how can we make the city better? So that's where you get um, JD um, putting on for the city and, and, and doing free concerts and, you know, Ludacris and Chaka and, and Big Jeff and, you know, Little John and, you know, all of those mainstay usher and those mainstay people from this city um, got mm-hmm. the opportunity to put on. Um, so that's where the togetherness really started. Uh, right. So it really wasn't hard to get everybody together. They came and said, hey, uh, we want to get together everybody. So I'm sitting on this council with um, the heads of Uber, um, the vice president of Delta, um, the CFO of Waffle House, um, just people to name a few. Right, and, right. And it, and it was and it was hush. That's huge, bro. It was, hey, you can't tell nobody we in those rooms. You know, yeah. um, so, I mean, it was cool. You know what I mean? It was really cool. You know, the people who you know, own things I didn't even know people own. Like, damn, you you know, the guy who owns the color blue for the South. I was like, it was the color blue. But it was cool. And what was what was really cool about that was to kind of see everybody's dynamic, right? How everybody right. was taking over um, in, in, in dealing with the pandemic. You know, Waffle House's story and Delta's story and Uber's story, three different things. Right. And, you know, it's this big business impacted. So do you feel cool. you, do you feel like those, those things have moved Atlanta. That's why you guys have moved forward so quickly and been actually be able to be stable. Cause I mean, out here in California, New York, you know, everywhere else, it's like a lot of the entertainment and nightlife has been impacted. Like I'm, I'm DJing as you know, I DJ out here. I ain't DJed in the club in a year. Like I even forgot like what it feels like technically. Right. Now have we been throwing right. private parties? Have we been doing stuff, you know, to get by? Of course I like, what I was getting at is, do you where wow. do you feel like do you feel like that meeting and those things <clears throat> had to happen to be able to move forward as nice and good as you have been? I think that's a part of it. And I think another advantage is that the CDC is here, so we're you know um, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, our, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, our, our former president um, and his cabinet um, were getting their directives from Atlanta, so. You know, Atlanta was in a great spot and in a bad spot in the same sense. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so every time we had those calls, nine o'clock in the morning in those meetings, it was, you know, with two, three scientists on there talking specifically about the virus and things like that. So we kind of got it from the horse's mouth. Um, like I'm not going to say that aided in us staying open, um, but we kind of got a little bit of an advantage before the rest of the world did. Um, with that being said, we still wanted to be safe. So there wasn't right. a question of, Hey, we got an inside touch, so we're good. No, mm-hmm. um, it was understood that there was never a COVID protocol. There was a virus protocol, and I want people to understand that um, when you see masks, when you see hand washing, when you see sanitizing, and stuff like that, that is normal virus passing from to and from protocol. That is no different than a flu protocol. Washing your hands, being clean, um, and you know it started with that. It started with wash your hands thoroughly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, watch yeah. the changing of bodily fluids. Um, yeah. Covering your covering and shielding your face, how to cover your mouth and things like that. Then that evolved to masks. Masks aren't going anywhere anytime soon. In the very least bit. And, 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 um, I've been fortunate to I love you said that. Thank you for not, saying that, Corey. <laughs> yeah, not going not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, uh, it's funny, me and my mentor, Chaka Zulu, talked like as soon as I was you know, up in calls. I'm like, hey, bro, I got to wear a mask forever. He said, oh, yeah, get used to that shit. And that was the truth. In Atlanta, 
it's very common to see somebody without a mask because we've been open, we've really? been a little bit more lax. Gotcha. Yeah, but gotcha. when I go and travel to DC to see family and things of that nature, I'm in a gas station, I forgot my mask in the car in Atlanta, it's like, oh, you'll be okay. There, they're looking at me like, you know, like I got three heads, like what's going on? <laughs> so understanding Man. that dynamic, um, you know, even traveling, I mean, it's just, those things won't change. Um, right. And, you know, fear sales, fear sales as well. So um, I can only imagine what the industry's done for, you know, uh, sanitizing and tissue and Lysol. Like, I love. Oh, I wish I owned a tissue company. Man. Oh, I wish I owned a tissue or hand sanitizer company. I, I, I want some points on Lysol because they did numbers. I still can't get Lysol disinfectant spray. That's just, I can probably buy drugs quicker than I can buy Lysol bro, disinfectant I, I'll spray. I, I, I'll send you some Lysol. We got a couple of bars. You're a real one. Thank you, bro. I got you. I got you. No, but here's the crazy shit. When it first happened, um, one, one of my uh, assistants, she's actually a digital assistant. She helps me out. She was sending me stuff from Seattle. Like literally like, yo, I'm sending you six bottles of Lysol. You know, let me know if you got it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it takes a community. It takes a community. We're going to get through this together. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And All that right. goes back to what we were talking about, man. The toge togetherness has been there, and it's been a sense of community. And I think that's why we've been able to open up. We've been on the, page, on the same page more than we ever have as right. a city. Um, and I'm happy that, you know, the imprints that we started in college has grown me to those conversations. So that I'm glad I can't you have said that, man. Yeah. And you know, when you said well, college, I kind of want to go back because we know we we kind of circled in. You know, I go all yeah. over the place, but okay. I want to know first off, Corey in New Jersey, <laughs> high school <clears throat> party promoting. How did it start? Because I don't know that story. Man. I know me walking on campus, seeing you, and you already established. <laughs> Shit was already rolling. Man. Let's go to the backstory. How did that start in Jersey? And was, uh, what was the decision to move to Atlanta? What was that about? Man? Well, I'll start there. Um, Atlanta was coming, whether it was going to be high school or college. Um, that that was kind of beyond me. My mom is from Georgia. She's from rural mm. Georgia, two hours south of here, a place called Montezuma, Georgia. So, I've never been there in my life. <laughs> a lot of people have not. It's like a thousand <laughs> Um, but with that being said, man, um, it was always something I wanted to do. I came here every summer. Um, I learned the swag. I learned the music. Um, I was here when Monica first dro dropped, you know, um, her first album. I was here when, you know, Blackberry Molasses came out. Those are summers that I remember. Um, so you were here during the uh, Freaknik days? You are in yeah, Atlanta during Freaknik? I, I, I remember the traffic. I remember the city being shut down. I remember seeing all of that and being shielded from it. So I really couldn't understand it. Um, <laughs> I love how you said that. Yeah, man. Um, but Atlanta was a very fun city. And that's something I really couldn't translate to people when I was young. You know, I was, I was really, you know, I was grade school young. But I knew that the people here were having so much fun in their own way. Um, I had been to California at that time. I had been to, you know, obviously New York and other places. But, you know, Georgia was doing its own thing, man. And, um, you know, not worrying about what the rest of the country was worried about. And yeah. I've always had an affinity towards it. I obviously want to be around my family. The weather was nice. Um, there were swimming pools everywhere. Um, that's stuff I didn't get in Jersey. You know, you had to be really, really rich to have a swimming pool. We didn't think about going to swimming. We had we had the shore, the Jersey shore, but 
you know, you did that maybe once a year. It wasn't really Where nice. Where are you from water. in Jersey again, Corey? I'm from a place called Irvington, New Jersey. Irvington is a township inside of Newark. Uh, most famously, uh, our most famous person besides myself is Queen Latifah. Talk your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. I am from Shout the city. Queen Latifah too, Jersey's own. I, I am from the city that birthed Queen Latifah. Um, so um, we're a proud place, man. We don't ever like to be called New York or them up north dudes. Now nah, we in Jersey. Oh, yeah. I for sure learned that my first uh, month in oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's who I gravitated to was yeah. people from Jersey yeah. and Philly yeah. and DC. Like all right. them, that's who I kicked it with. Right. And right. now, nah, trust me, call somebody from Jersey. Be like, oh, you from New York? No, nigga, that might be a fight, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we not them, and that's no disrespect. I have a lot of friends from New York, obviously, and ran with a lot of people from New York. But the same way they have their affinities towards their boroughs and areas, the same way we care about our city, <laughs> our city. Oh, it's called somebody from Harlem from the Bronx. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you from the Bronx? <laughs> and, 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 and I'll be honest, everybody from South Jersey ain't cool either. You know what I'm saying? We don't rock with all of them. Like, yo, I'm from Jersey. Yo, I'm from, you know, just like a Rochester oh, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They from the city. It's, it's two different things. Like, yeah, come I from. love these politics. It's just like, hey, like the, the Bay and yeah. SoCal same are two totally, totally different, different places. Yeah. Worlds. We Worlds. have different verbiage. We have yeah. different ways we dress. Yeah. But then my brothers, right? We're still our brothers, right? But yeah, we're it, different. If it come down to it, you know, you know, it's tri-state versus everybody. Um, you know, but, um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and that's why I was I was missing tri-state in school, and I love that. You know what I'm saying? Because I got to be a representative of everything that I've known and grown up with. But yeah. to that point, um, man, I, Jersey was going. I mean, Georgia was going to be a part of the conversation from the jump, right. and um, so. Um, I wasn't going to come in high school because I started playing football and like my team and, you know, started growing in that. And um, when college happened, man, I, I wasn't I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do as far as school. And at the last minute, it was kind of like, oh, shit, I forgot about Georgia. And uh, I uh, put in some places and, uh, you know, a few places gave me some waiting list morehouse told me i could come but i needed to go to summer school and i just was like why would i do that like i don't understand why <laughs> I, like like it's literally may you're telling me to come back in july i really don't understand um so morehouse is a quick i hate month. summer school i hate have to go yeah, to summer like, school what do you mean like my last summer of high school and you want me to come to school early why um <laughs> But it was what it was, man. Um, I love my Morehouse brothers, my friends over there. Um, shout out Morehouse. We, shout we out had our house. thing, but I love y'all we, now. We had our thing. <laughs> as an older, uh, as an older man. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I also, I uh, also went to All Boys High School too. So that also mm. hindered me from going to Morehouse as well. I just yeah. couldn't see myself doing that twice and not getting that sense of freedom. I was in private school most of my life because I played sports. Or just because my area was bad and, you know, growing up in Jersey, I mean, it's changed a little bit now, but to get a quality education, you almost had to go to a private school right? as a young man and not be not be distracted. So um, once I got the opportunity, man, I went down to Morris Brown College first, um, mm. actually. Did they got um, the accreditation back? Side note, they, I heard they, they got they, it. They got, I heard they, got they got it, it back. They got it back. Wow. Man, it's, it's an uphill journey, man, trying to do that. It's a privately funded school through the AMI Church. So they don't take donations the same way that a, a state funded school where they they're, they're not eligible for a lot of grants. So it's a lot of mm. uh, GoFundMe type raising when it comes to fundraising. And, you know, it's it's a lot of upkeep. A lot of people don't want to put themselves behind that. Uh, I will say that Morris Brown was the only 
uh, black owned, black ran and black established school that you see. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, so what do you mean by that? If you, can you elaborate on that a little? Because I would think HBCU is all black. I was going to say that. Historically, bro. black yeah. is a very gray area. Um, mm. If you look into a lot of schools, and I'm not going, I'm not going out everybody right now, but um, I, I, I bid you to do your research on a lot of these schools. Historically, black. It, there's an asterisk in a lot of those places, um, and I learned that at Morris Brown as a freshman that. Um, a lot of people did take the handout. A lot of people did take the come up dollars and, you know, to do this, to do that, the back scratch. And um, Morris Brown prided themselves on not doing that. And I also knew that that would be part of their demise once everything mm. happened. So when everything hit the fan, you know, the first conversations were, all right, cool. You know, I, I know Ted Turner was one of the first people who came over and said, all right, cool, I need this building. And that's the way the game goes. Um, and they didn't want to do it. Um, there was a rumor that Oprah Winfrey reached out, same thing. She's not a part of AME Church. So there's a lot of different things. And I, I also went to a Catholic high school, so I understand how archdiocese. That's what I was going to say. When it comes right. to religion and stuff, like it, 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 it's, yeah. it, it's it's hard. Just but like you're not you're not buying Notre Dame from the right. Catholic. Kitchen. You, you, you're not. It's not happening. I believe that's burn, Catholic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe they'll, so. They'll, yeah. Burn, they'll burn it to the ground before they sell it to anybody. It's just the way it exactly. works. Um, so I mean, at least they're keeping their pride with it. I could almost, absolutely. I could respect that, you know. Absolutely, and, and you know, some people call Morris Brown crazy for that, but you know, it is what it is. They got it how they got it. But um, going back to high school, man, I um, I got with a crew called the Hit Squad, um, and there was a gentleman by the name of Tori T, a DJ who was from my town, um, in Irvington. Shout and now out he, Tory T. Shout out to Tori T. Rest in peace. He actually passed away a few years ago, um, and. Tori was just, you know, a guy who threw all the parties, man. He was a, he was an older gentleman um, who was a DJ, and he had a great vision, which I emulated, obviously, once we got to school. Um, he decided that if I take the cool hustler and, you know, the, 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 the girl who's pretty, the cheerleader, the guy who plays really good on a football field, the guy who's good at basketball, and just the popping dude who everybody want to fuck with or a popping girl and put right. them in one crew and put them on a flyer, They'll be their own celebrity, and mm. that was an it's, added it's a true statement. <laughs> it was added, yeah, it was an added. It was an added sector of who we were in our cities, man. It was a kind of a sense of arrival. If you got put in his squad, you were popping, and that's just what it was. And we were fortunate to be in that position. So I got in as a junior. So I got two years of that. Um, he lived two streets over from me, so I, I was very familiar with him. And my what crew. did they make? What did Tory T? Because I know what y'all made us do when we Man. first joined his squad. So what was some of y'all duties in promoting? And then I want to know some of that. What was like you joined as a junior, so, and you like, all right, boom, I got so, the flyers. <laughs> I don't know if you remember when we when we came down, we had like the street team tags. So in Jersey, those street team lanyards, just like a normal VIP meant lanyard was synonymous with kind of getting um you know your rock chain you know yeah. what i'm saying so to get that rock chain you know you had to put in work and you had to become and prove yourself as a notable face so whether that was selling a certain amount of tickets whether that was just being seen so um you know he was he was coveted for this pull-up that he would do he pull up to your school get you from school he'll take you to another school you know what I mean? And you just be posted with him. And in that same day, while you're auditioning or your final interview, you're also getting notoriety. You know, the girls are coming up to you. So here I am in khakis with my 
my Tylo, you know what I'm saying, with my Wallabies on, on my North Face book bag. And he Talk your shit. Yeah, he done pulled up and he like, you know, come jump in the car. Like, Yo, Tori had to get Corey. Like, word, damn. So jump in the car. And we went over to Shabazz High School, Malcolm X Shabazz High School, which is, you know, notorious in Newark. One of, I think it's the biggest school in Newark. And, you know, here I am, you know, super preppied out. You know what I mean? The girls, oh, you in his squad now? Oh, you just joined? And yeah, you know how you doing, sweetheart? In front of my party. You know what I'm saying? And it was just him from afar interacting, watching how he interact with, you know, with, with the other students and other people. And I think it was his way of seeing if he made a good choice. And, um, you know, we got in the truck. There's just a debrief. Like, yo, you did good. You got to be a little bit more vocal. Um, they're going to come to you. You know what I mean? But you got to go to them. And, you know, he fed us and took me home around the corner. I was like, yo, like, you know, we got another meeting next Sunday. You know what I'm saying? At the house, one o'clock. I'm saying like, damn, bro, I got church. But I right, cool. I'll be there. Um, so um, <laughs> we made it work, man. Um, um, and it was it was history from there, man. And it just grew and became something in me. It was like a bug bit me. And so when I came to school with Morris Brown. <clears throat> was that your first time promoting, though? Period. Was that? Was in high school, squad? yes. Yep. In high school. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I had always gone to the parties, though. Um, we had snuck out going to the parties. We had, you know, my mom worked nights. She worked from 11 to 7 a.m. Um, so my mom went to, you know, my mom went to work. By 11.45, I had thrown on some jeans, a North Face, some Tims, and I had, you know, jumped out my window and met my boys and my one boy who had a car, and we went in his or in his parents' van, and we went to the spot. And I know I made sure I was home you know, in a decent time, just in case my mom called me to check on me. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, it was it was wild. I don't even know if I told her that before. Damn, she don't see that's so kids. deep. I'm like, yeah. damn. Yeah, man, it's good, um, but now, nah, but honestly, that's I, that's so many people's story. That was my, yeah. I, bro, my my mom used to not let me go out in high school. So, but she loved my 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 best friends, like my cousin, my best right. friend, aunt. I used to be able to like stay at his house. She'll let me stay at his house, and his mom, my auntie D. She'll let us go. So uh, I would have to go to his house. We'll go. And then once I got my whip, I used to be like, hey, bro, I'm with you. Just if she answers, like, just I'm right, with right, you. Right, with right, right. I used to do all the things. So trust me, I, we had to do what we had to do yeah, to go to the yeah, function. As we say yeah. out here, you know, we had to yeah, do what yeah, we had yeah. to do to go to the function. Yeah, man. We um, So it, it was cool. So when we got to Morris Brown, um, they lost their accreditation, which was a very uh, interesting situation. Um, actually found out in the lunchroom talking to um, a mentor, uh, actually one of the people who got me interested in my, my fraternity. So it's all public information, um, but living it was a lot, man. So he told us all these things that was going on um, and that evolved into us having uh, an accelerated semester. They told us that our, our, our credits won't be good after I think March 15th, April 15th. So school stopped March 15th. Um, so literally from January to March 15th was my entire spring semester. So get that after this after, is your first freshman year. My first freshman year, bro. Swear to God, I turned, I was 17. I hate I get to Atlanta and then they tell me, oh, that would be so literally, it was literally, I would be like, I'm over. I'm going back to Jersey. Fuck bro, me. I had I'm to out. call my mom. And, like they had a meeting. I never forget. They had a meeting about that in the gym, Morris Brown gym and for Miss Morris Brown gym. Um, the whole school's in there and, you know, everybody had heard the rumbles and, um, they basically had told us that, Hey, it was going to be this situation. This is what we're looking at. We'll get the, 
you know, this place called SACS, which is the accreditation board, is going to tell us where we stand. And we'll know in two weeks. And we'll come back and have this meeting. We came back and had that meeting. They started the meeting like a damn interview. You know what I mean? We regret to inform you. He never finished his speech. Boo! People started throwing shit. It was damn near a riot in there. News came. People just upset and angry. Um, so wait a minute, having, Corey. Hold on. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. families in there. It's I mean, kids in there. It's everyone everybody. in this gym. And then he <clears> says, <throat> I regret him. And then it just, a riot happens, basically. Pandemonium. Not a riot. People, Pandemonium. People, people throwing stuff. I mean, it was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy moment. You had to really be there. And it was a closed-door meeting. So, And social media wasn't prevalent. So you'll never see footage of it. You'll never see anything. It's one of the things you just had to be there. Um, the amount of tears grown people you gotta think man these are people who are you know think about the graduating senior you know what i mean i know people now who got two years added to their matriculation because of what they were majoring in at morris brown um what credits they had taken and that nobody else were accepting those credits so they never finished school but was a semester away it's a lot of different things but here i am this kid who's 17 years old um who's made a choice to turn down uh, football scholarships in Pennsylvania and in Delaware and places like that to go to Georgia because I didn't want to be in some random hick town, right? Um, to go be by family and to go in to be in this fun place. And I decided to go against the grain and go to this place and have, you know, my life change. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. Um, and how do I call my mom and tell her, hey, I don't have any school to go to anymore. And that's what I had to do. So there were tears, man, and it was rough. And then that next semester came, went through the accelerated semester. They pretty much gave us all A's so that we could transfer. And um, I actually spent the, I came, I think I left in April. I came back in June. And from June to late August, I was up there every other day, literally trying to get myself in the Clark. Um, so wait a minute. You yeah. knew. So wait a minute. So you go home. After yep. not being, you know, school, and then you come back to Atlanta, you're so, like, I'm going to go back again? Like, well, you knew there home, was no school. I went home. My mom sent for me, like, yo, just come down here, bro. Come back. You know what I mean? She was tight. Um, and I spent that time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Was I going to go back to playing football? Was I going to see if these scholarships were still available to me? Um, I had already gotten this taste of Atlanta. I know I wanted to be there, but I didn't have a way to stay there. Um, but she was like, yo, you going to be in school. So I'm like, well. Clark Atlanta was recruiting me to come um, when I was in school. Let's see if the recruiter. And I couldn't find this lady. So I went down there every day just to see what financial aid looked like. Literally, my mom said, you want to be in Atlanta? I did everything that you needed me to do up until this point. I did it for you. Uh, you didn't really have to lift a finger. You know what I mean? I did everything that you asked me to do. Go get yourself in school. So I moved down there. Literally, she said, I'll get you an apartment. Got me an apartment where I wanted. Got a car for my aunt. Um, spent like $500 on a car. And after that, I was on my own, bro. And, um, you're 18. I'm 18 now. I turned in January, um, on my first study, <laughs> on my accelerated semester, 18 years old. I'm, I'm sorry. Dad. I'm not laughing, but here's first, the thing, Corey. It's like, here's where I'm at. This is like a fucking movie. Cause you, hey, this is your first freshman year. First I freshman thought year? my freshman year was fucking crazy and turned up. Oh, no, nah, man. This was rough. And, um, so I came down. Um, I got I got in school. Basically, I literally walked by the lady in the hallway. No bullshit. The same lady I've been looking for 
uh, found a trade wasn't moving. I'm like, oh my God, Miss Camille, she was from Jersey. So here we are. I'm like, yo, you don't remember me. You came to my high school when I was a junior, tried to recruit me. Uh, we really wasn't with it. I'm trying to get into school right now. And I don't know what to do, who to talk to, but I got to be in school when time is running out. She said, take down my number, take down my email, send me all your information, and I'll get you in school. I literally emailed this lady. I forgot her last name. Her name, first name is Camille. Miss um, Camille, I emailed her my number, my email, my social, um, how many credits I had and stuff like that. Um, and that lady put me in school to this day. I have not got an acceptance letter from Clark Atlanta, but I have a degree from Clark Atlanta. Crazy. Can't tell you what a freshman intake packet look like. None of that. Wait a minute. So you've never been formally invited to come to, to I mean, formally accepted never. into never. Clark Atlanta I, university. I don't have it. Wish I had it. I never, so you came in into Clark on I, quote I, unquote, I, the jug. Literally, like, she put me in, school. in on the She put me in school and gave me my first classes. Told and you me just when, swagged it out since then. You're like, all right, this is my last, basically, opportunity. That's like, it. I put my head down and made it happen. That's all it was. Wow. So, uh, did you have? Did you? You had an apartment at the time, so you were living apartment. off campus. So you I'm never lived campus. in the dorms. Um, not at Clark. Nope. Only at Morris Farm. <sighs> I lived in the infamous towers that aren't there anymore. And Morris Brown. Got you. So you've been on your own since you're 18, literally in Atlanta. Yep. Going in. Like, and, and on your own, like, it's cool. And then I go off campus, and I damn near got to work and figure it out. Yep. So what were you doing for money? Like, how'd you afford um, you? Like, were you working? Hustling, hustling family. Um, But then I worked, at, I worked at Circuit City. Um, which Shout, out Circuit City. Shout out Circuit City. Shout out Circuit City, man. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, Best Buy took us out, but it's all good. You know what I mean? Um, Best Buy. Best Buy took us out. Buy, yeah, you man. still seem hot about that. I saw it in your face. Yeah, man. Like, yo, it's it was all rough, good, man. Though, you know? Like, cause you, you know what I mean? Like, yo, what's Circuit City? And I'm like, it's basically Best Buy, but red. <laughs> red color. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was the blood best circuit cities, the blood version of <laughs> your stupid shit. But now, nah, um, so transitioning now, go for it. Hit squad Atlanta. Mm-hmm. When does um, this start? How does that start? Where so, because I didn't know about hit squad in New Jersey, right? Joining in yeah. when you're a freshman, and let me just give some pre I want to give pretext because. I know you're humble and I know you're going to talk about it. Like it's just something good that you've done, you know, but let me be real freshman year coming into Clark Atlanta university in 2009. I'm just going to go to 2009 and we can go back. I remember walking into campus. It was the olive branch. I always mm-hmm. talk about that event. It was and if people that don't, that don't know in Atlanta, it's Spelman college, Morehouse college and Clark Atlanta university. We're all within like a football field away from each other. Yep. Basically, yep. and we all the freshmen come together, but Spellman stays locked up for like the first two, three, two weeks of orientation or a week or a couple of days of orientation. Morehouse is basically locked up, but we're open. So sometimes people like the upperclassmen come out, but the freshmen, you don't see them. We don't even know what they look like. It's like an unveiling. It's the greatest set of it. I love it. I, I get it. I don't know, but on the Clark Atlanta perspective, that's how it was. Came up with we walked. Yes, it was great. We walk in there. 
And then they make us go through like the orientation through the church, which is great. They talk about the AUC unity, you know, how we need to come together and, you know, be good, all that. And I had not just, it's a big deal, but that's the, the part of what I'm trying to get to. The Olive Branch party is the first party that you get introduced as a square in Atlanta where you don't know nobody. <laughs> I'm sure some niggas in Atlanta knew people, so they were going to clubs already, but I didn't know nobody. We didn't right. know where no clubs were. You right. go there, and it was just literally the biggest party you can ever do. But that's where I realized I was like, that's like the hunting grounds for every party promoter in Atlanta because they're all oh, there, yeah. like all the OGs. And it was like, I love how Atlanta was set up because it was like, if you didn't hoop or play sports or something, or you mm. weren't a part of a frat, you did party promoting. It was a third option that no one ever talks about. There's a no brochures. There's no movies about. It is a third option to make it. And it's actually marketing. Because that's why I learned my marketing. That's why I learned my gift and got a lot of my talking. I always knew how to talk. Always knew it, but then you see it at those parties. Because I didn't know nobody. But I was like, me and my homies in the dorm was like, they were all on my bumper. Like, Big C, you ain't got no bitches. You ain't going to get no hoes. You ain't going to talk to nobody. I was like, bro. Like, I'm from Cali, bro. Like, I ain't one of these niggas. Like, you just know. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I was like, all right, bro. Like, let's go. We go to the party. I'm on every feet, like, going in. It, it's the best part. I'm talking to every female. It was one of the best nights of my life. Can't lie. Great. Next week, Paul. I see Paul on the promenade. I see you. Uh, Like, ran, not even you. I didn't even meet you yet. You're like, you're like a ghost. Like you're there, but maybe not there. <laughs> and I see the hit squad representative. You had a, it was a lot of them. And then they came up to me. He was like, yo, come to the meeting. What's good? You, you, like you trying to do it? I was like, bro. And he was like, yeah, but just don't say nothing. Like, don't make it a big old, like, just, just come. I was like, all right, bro. Long story short, those parties and those interactions with hit squad was so big because it was ran like a, like a serious organization that literally provided entertainment for thousands of kids, thousands of young adults who knew no one in Atlanta. And it was like, this is your opportunity to learn Atlanta. We'll yeah. give you the golden pass. Yeah. How did you transition to that, man? How did that happen? Bro? Man. Um, you know, Big ups, by the way, I just had to give you, you, give you your brother. flowers. I, like, I, I, and I, I that as that. a, as a real one, like I had to give you all flowers, man. Too. I, I appreciate that, man. Um, Big up to Tory T, man. Um, he showed the way. Um, what I what I understood once I got older was that um, he saved a lot of lives. I actually said this at his funeral in front of his family, and I said, um, "I don't want y'all to take for granted what he did." Um, you know, y'all know he was a DJ. I'm not sure how much I knew about his life, but he saved kids' lives. You know, there wasn't. You know, Jersey started getting really, really bad. You know, the gang shit got really, really bad. The the, the turf wars got really, really bad. We low-key looked like L.A. in the 90s for a little bit right there. Um, right. Color banging and things like that. And Bro, Jersey's of, no joke, bro. For people right, that right. don't know, Jersey's one of Newark. Yeah, yeah. shout out. Yeah. Shout out, Jersey. All yeah. my people's in Jersey, but it's real. There yeah. ain't no <laughs> it, that's uh, a real place. <laughs> and, it got, and it got bad, man. It got really bad, and um, um, people were scared, you know, and, um, my mom was one of those people. So to tell her, you know, and everybody kind of gets in sports and things like that, but to tell her that I was doing something different was kind of hard for her to understand. Like she had to go meet Tori. Like, oh, let me go see this guy you're chilling with. Um, <laughs> and 
growing up under him and being with my peers, um, it kind of showed me a sense of togetherness. Same thing that I would get on the field when I played a sport. And that translated when I came to school, man. Um, I've always been, I'm only child, so I've always been taught to go and meet people and be personable and things like that. So I never Same. had a problem. I'm an only child too, so yeah. yeah. You know, so when you said, you know, you were walking around and you was talking, I think you're, you, you're definitely more vocal and outgoing than I was, which is what, you know, made us look at you. You know, yeah. who is this kid who has, you know, ain't no shame in his game. He talking to everybody. His look <laughs> is different. His voice is different. You know what I mean? And he's got this chip on his shoulder. So I saw myself in you. So that's that's how you get to the table. You know what I mean? Honestly. Yeah, right. um, and, and that's Appreciate how it was, talked, that, man. it was talked up. Like, yo, I got this kid. Paul Larry said it to me. He said, bro, I, I found somebody who is a sexier fat guy than me. That was his exact <laughs> word. And I was like, what? Shout out, Paul. Shout and, uh, out, Sir Paul. Man, that's my bro. That's my bro. I saw him with the hand that said, I'm the sexiest fat guy. Bro. I said, hey, bro, take it. I feel you, bro. For sure. and, 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 that's, and, and that's how he did it. And he was like, yo, this, this guy, big C, big C. And I'm like, word. And that's just really what it was, man. They 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 bigged you up. And um, that that's how we knew. But, but that essence is kind of what grew me into who I was. Um, long story short, man, I went to, I went to parties from 17 as a freshman to, um, the 18 year old re freshman year, <laughs> um, 18 to 19 at Clark Atlanta. And in those two years, I kind of just studied and just watched things. I knew I was probably going to throw parties. I just didn't know to what aspect. My first thought was I'll join somebody's crew. That's what I knew, right? I'll join the crew and I'll be a general, you know what I'm saying? And I watched it, man. And it was dudes. Uh, I'm 36 now. It was guys throwing 36 throwing parties for freshmen. And it just was like, there was no young team. It was just, they go get the venue, they open it up, and people coming because they had nothing else to do. And I was like, uh, there was a disconnect. We were, you know, we wanted to hear different DJs. The DJs weren't doing different shit. They were throwing tri state parties, but, you know, the DJs weren't given the essence of what we heard in Philly and New York and Jersey and Connecticut, you know, there was a lot of different things that we had issues with, but there was nobody to talk to. There's nobody to consult. Right. Um, and at the time old Buckhead was there. This is Buckhead where you could walk around. This is Buckhead when it was, you know, parties done stop to six in the morning, but they went to four in Buckhead and people were mad. What? Only 4am? Nigga, we don't, the whole state's in 3am now. But I, that's for people that don't know, Atlanta is the only place that has clubs that you would get out the club at 6 in the morning. That's true. 7 in the it would be bright outside and you're very walking true. out. And it was very normal. Like real clubs Everything. though, it was popping the whole right. time. You didn't even notice it was that late. Right. So we had, um, you know, you had old Buckhead, man. You could you could either go party in this district. And so old Buckhead is now shops at Buckhead now. So now they've turned it into a mini Rodeo Drive, to be honest with you. It looks gorgeous over there. But it used to be yeah. nothing but clubs over there. Um, it was like a, like a stru- strip, which is like a bar crawl. Um, and if you do parties in there, you know, you were the upper echelon. Of course, you had things on the east side and the south side. What kind of people would be in it? What at this time? What celebrities would be at these parties? Everybody, you man. would say. This is where this is where everything started. This is where, you know, of course, you get your Atlanta people who are just growing, Usher's growing, Luda's growing. You know, Little John and JD are the biggest people. Dallas Austin, the biggest people in the city. 
Wow. Um, so it's like 02, 03. 02, 03. Um, yeah. You know, Luda's just busting in the scene. T.I. just jumped on his verse with Bone Crusher. Ooh. You know, a little scrappy there. You know, crunk movement is going on. You know what I mean? You, the South is basically ran by Little John. You know what I mean? And him screaming on tracks. Fight music is prevalent. Um, hey, how was B.I.B.I. in the club uh, in Atlanta at his amazing. height? I've never seen. Amazing, bro. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. amazing, bro. Um, you know, you know, just the people who are on that record, you know what I'm saying? The voices, the understanding of who is who. Um, you know, it gave you a look in everybody's hood and who's who was there. And um fight music was just really, really big, bro. Um, and that was a very big transition for me because when people start pushing in the club, somebody usually dies in Jersey after that. Um, yeah. whereas that was like, it was mosh pitting essentially, um, in its own right. Anyway, um, we, we, we saw this void. We, we saw how this part, how the parties kind of cultivated and how things were done. Um, but we didn't see our representation there, which was the younger voice. I remember having a conversation with this gentleman called Rashan Hassan. Um, he ended up being an SJ president. He's from Newark as well. He's in politics wow. in Newark now. Um, and me and Rashawn were talking, I'm like, yo, what are you gonna do? And he's like, shit, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna run. And this is a true ass conversation. We're like, we dapping up. I'm gonna go pick up a TV from my man. I never forget it. And he stayed in um he stayed in uh the football dorm. And I went over there, saw him out there, I'm like, yo, you going back home? He's like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna go back home. I'm like, I might, I'm gonna go home, but I'm gonna go get a job and I'll be back. Like, yeah, probably me too. He said, but I'm coming back early because I'm about to do this SGA shit. I'm like, word? Are you trying to run for the SGA? I'm like, yeah, that's dope, bro. I'm like, whatever you need, I got you. Um, right. He's like, no doubt. I'm like, what you, he's like, what you going to do? I'm like, man, I might throw these parties, bro. I'm like, this shit been ass. And I'm like, he's like yeah, you, you know, I might do that too. You know, let me know how I can help. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, going into that next semester, we got behind his campaign. He became SGA president. You know what I'm saying? And So that was the first time you saw marketing work. It work. is fine, as you right. would say, right. on camp, your power or your your right. influence that you had. That was that was when I knew I had something different. That was the first time. And the second time was when a Morehouse Q, I never forget he came up to me. His all his brothers were out there, they were hopping, doing their thing, and we came over. Literally, so imagine, you know how it used to be when the Greeks was, you know, everybody's looking and wanted to be in that area. And we came down to promenade, you know, dapping, kissing babies, and you know, doing what we do. And and the nigga said, Oh shit, they go hit squad. And he said, and he came and said, Hey bro, come here. I'm gonna be honest. And everybody knows this is a Morehouse kid on Clark Atlanta's in front of me, feeders Dennis. And he's like, Bro, honest to God, y'all the only niggas that's popping out here as the fraternities and sororities are. And that 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 that, that struck a light bulb to me, and I was like, Oh shit! This is at a time that there's nobody throwing parties at at, at Clarkland except us and the dudes who essentially moved out of place. Um, Morehouse yeah. had their people; they had Envious and they had Dream Team. Um, shout out to Larry, shout out to Tory, shout out to Herb, um, JP, and that whole crew. Um, yeah. But you know, on Clark, we didn't have anything like that. So, with that being said, man, we um. I saw the void and 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 I you know one of the old heads came up to me, a gentleman by the name of AJ, AJ Productions. Him, um, Bachi and Metro Boys were throwing a homecoming party at the atrium and literally said to me, Hey bro, um, why don't you put a team together and come throw this party with us? So I'm thinking like, let me go get my niggas together. Cause we had been going every weekend 
Can we talk about the atrium for one second, please? Go for it. Go for it. Because I think it's a lot of people that because you you you've been in Atlanta so many, you're dropping big names of places that are like huge. <laughs> atrium can fit two thousand people comfortable. 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 Two thousand. It could get crazier. I've been to some parties where oh, yeah. I'm sure the number oh, yeah. we're not going to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll yeah. just say it was one of the best parts. A phone party was there. Yeah, we had a, a phone, phone party in Atlanta. <laughs> a pool was in Atlanta. Like, yeah. It was a big, it was a nice space. It was man. on the east side of Atlanta, right? It's on the east yep. side, right? Yep. East side. Yep. Man, yep. that was a good time. So yeah, HR is one of the biggest clubs I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, besides man. compound, yeah. but that's compound. something different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's something different. But yeah, go but, ahead, um, my fault. Yeah, man, we um we just saw the void, man. They 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 basically said, "Hey, why don't you come throw this party with us?" Yeah, and I was I was kind of confused at what it, what that meant, um, because every weekend I had built up my tri-state crew, and it wasn't like it was my crew; it was like all of us. We were the people who were the ones who people you know looked at us crazy it was called me mugging at the time mugging you know what i mean yeah. from, from the club the up north niggas is here so we said fuck it we the up north niggas you know what i mean if you're one of the up north niggas we all fighting and we fought every weekend somebody somewhere at somebody's club and um we were known to just mob out you know what i mean we had our girls you know what I'm saying? We went and y'all was them niggas in the club ready to get yeah. down. I ain't like, come to the club ready. But you got to think it was 40, 50 of us though. Like no bullshit. And it's like every nigga from New York, every nigga from New Jersey. And all we had to know is that you were from up top and here you talk. Hey, yo, where you from? Yo, yo, come fuck with us. And it just was like that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it grew. And I'm still friends with a lot of those gentlemen to these days. Some gentlemen came to my wedding. I went to their weddings. Um, you know, I, I, I wow. you know, things happen, you know, we're there for each other um, to this day. And everybody's growing their own right. But um, we mobbed out, man. And um, and I'm thinking, like, well, shit, when we get that crew together and throw the party, like, you, know, you ain't going to live off our name. We had done that, like, maybe a, three weeks before. We had did a white tee blue jeans party. We went to it. And what I did was I told everybody, we're going to go get T-shirts made and everybody put their state on their T-shirt. So the Connecticut niggas got us, like I literally did a, a, you know what I mean? It was, it said, where you from on the front of it? And it had an outline of your state. So, and then on the back, you could shout out whoever your peoples were. So it was like, yo, shout out to my nigga. And then you'd have that person lane. So and you, that was the whole t-shirt, you know what I mean? And, and, so it, had like, and it had like tri-state on the arm. So I had 40 niggas do this to the point that my Jersey niggas like, yo, I'm coming down for that party. So we all got on white tees and blue jeans. We mobbed in this party. And that was probably that was actually probably the first time I knew I had a little bit of power um, before there was hit squad because I got all these people in for free. Here I am walking up. Niggas. They told me, yo, bring a crew. I brought 40 niggas and we all walked through the front door and it was like, oh, we fuck with Corey. But out of them 40 niggas, how many people did you think you brought to the atrium? I think I, I think we brought a big crew of that. Everybody up north moved with us. If you were from up north, you moved with us up north yeah. that up north crew at that time it just was yeah. what it was it was unsaid right so beyond those 40 people who were in t-shirts that we knew we bought because i mean we literally bought all the t-shirts at the fucking gas station like literally went in there it was like how many shirts you got give them all to me you know Damn. What I mean? so it, was, it was a big feeling for us small things that were at that big. moment no 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 that's right. big bro 40 50 motherfuckers moving in unison right <laughs> Right for one and cause, it, and, there's, and there's a picture, man, with maybe about 15 20 of us in the picture who made the picture at that time. 
you know, we're throwing all types of gang signs and shit up. And <laughs> I think I have it on my Instagram. It's definitely on my Facebook. Um, we need that picture. We need that was, throwback picture. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was a good moment, man. And um, so from there, I'm thinking like, damn, is that what he talking about? He's like, yo, just get together, your crew. And what you gonna do? What y'all, you know, what y'all gonna call yourselves? I'm like, I don't know yet. Like, I'll get back to you. I'm like, what you need? He's like, shit, I need, I need, uh, I think he said 5,500. Uh, I was like, but when? He's like, tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. And I walked off like, nigga, how the fuck am I gonna get 5,500 by tomorrow? So, why'd you need 5,500? That was the buy in for the party. For, uh, oh, they're going for the homecoming. 35% of the party. So, here's a few okay. things that I learned. Here's a few things. I didn't see a receipt. So I don't know what we paid for and how much it was in real truth and actuality. I gave a blind $5,500 to some people who I really didn't know. Um, I'll say that they, they, they got over a little bit, uh, some of them. Um, but to who who got over, I don't know. But that was a part of the game, so I'm not mad about that anyway. No, it happens. Um, but it was, it was a learning curve. So the hard part about this was, so I left this meeting. And this is the God's honest truth of how his squad was born, bro. I walk from one side of the promenade, which is the strip of where our schools are. Um, I walked from McFeeders Dennis and had a conversation with about four of the gentlemen who you know are in his squad. Um, in that conversation, it's me, Brian, Jamal, and Kamal. We were walking and we were talking about it. Me Shout and Brian, them, Jamal, Kamal had been. Seen them. Yeah. yeah. We had been in his squad in Jersey, so we had familiar understanding. I'm like, yo, we could get on this party. We just got to get this nigga some money. And he was like, all right, cool. Hard part about that is it's about 5 o'clock in the day, so ain't no banks open. So everybody has a limit on what they can get out the bank. We all had student student cards, so you wouldn't get more than $250 out without going. That park card. Right. <laughs> and then he needed the money at 9 o'clock in the morning. I didn't know what that meant or anything like that, but the bank don't open till nine. So we walk in, we sit here trying to figure this shit out. We started having the conversation from McFeeders Dennis down to the library. We stopped at the, at the library, a few more people came up. Mike Bradshaw came up, Anthony Digby came up, Mikhail Oliver came up, um, and Joshua Spruill came up. Um, so we're all talking to that other. Rashawn Hassan, who I had talked to that semester before, he comes up and we start having a conversation as well. Everybody there is from New Jersey, randomly, randomly. And he's up, uh, he's having the conversations and other, and I'm like, yo, we about, we about to fuck around and have this party, be on this homecoming shit. He's like, word. Like, yo, you did that shit. I said, yo, I told you. I'm hungry out here. We're going to get it in. I was like, yo, we about to go talk. It. We about to go talk in our sister room, Monet. Monet's from New York. Shout out my sister, Monet. Um, and we're like, oh, we'll talk in her room. He's like, all right, cool, 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 cool. And I'm like, are you coming? And this this dude named Kayomi, um, who's our, our ghost member, <laughs> but Kayomi comes up and we're all talking whatever like that. And I'm like, yo, um, you come in? He's like, yeah, I got to run up here to this SGA office real quick to put in something. Um, so the 10, the nine people I walk with and then Ish came because I called him as the 10th person. Those 10 people that came to that room were the 10 people who started his squad. By chance, everybody just happened to be from New Jersey. I only made mm -hmm. one phone call to somebody else. We went in there and had a conversation that evolved. Aunt, Aunt came as well. Aunt's going to kill me for giving this number. Um, turned into our cut being $45,000. Wow. Right. So you think of $40,000 profit, you know, split 10 ways um, for the first time ever throwing a party. 
So let's just keep the figures right. So you had a, you know, because I'm a numbers person and gotcha. people's on it. It was a $5,500 initial buy-in. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you grossed a $40,000 profit yep. in the black. And that you split on the first flip. First flip. And you split that in. So everyone made like four Gs basically each. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking tight. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's looking hard. $3,500 profit yeah. on the first one. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. I'd have dropped out. Yeah. I would see, but I'm extreme. Right. I'm extreme. I'd be like, oh, I'm over. Right. Yeah, we we right. in this shit. <laughs> right, man. We um we did that shit and it just was like, yo, this is what we've been missing out on. <laughs> and from there, it was like, all right, cool. What are we gonna do next? I was like, yo, we're gonna set up another one, we're gonna make it work. Um, don't know why I spent no money because we're gonna have some more money to buy in. Let's not get in this position. And the first thing the niggas did, we had our next week and Everybody had on a new outfit, new shoes. One of my mans went and fucking bought a car. And I'm sitting here just like, bruh, what are y'all doing? <laughs> um, but it was it was a good situation, man. And we flopped the next two. Um, but we had to get our, yeah, we had to get our foot in, man. You know, we had to get our foot in. We Wait, so you threw the first big one that hit for homecoming. Homecoming. And then the next one next after one that. Immediately. It was at club, this place called Club A. Out here where I live now, about 35. Mind you, the atrium was already 30 minutes away from school, but it was mm-hmm. 30 minutes, you know, off the 20. So it was an easy thing. You went to the 20, you made two lefts, and you literally drove into the atrium. It was literally that something yeah. I literally remember it to this day. Whereas this was on the south side, past the airport, which nobody went in Morrow, um, Club A, in this random ass parking lot. And then everybody was throwing parties. So the copycat game was really bad. Then. So if I threw a party at Compound, somebody would throw a party that looked like my party at Compound the next week. There was a lot of repetition mm. of just different things. That, that so you didn't know whose party was who at right. a point. So how'd you end up very, branding? Very good point. So that brings me yeah. to the next part. I realized that nobody knew these niggas who were throwing parties. I knew them because I was getting in free at the door. I was coming up there with my niggas. We were dropping the VIP price because we didn't like to stand in lines early on. You know what I mean? That's how I knew. But I knew that people was like, oh, I'm going to party at the atrium. Well, I'm going to party. Side. That bothered me. I want people to always know that they party with his squad or they party with Big C or they party with Corey or they party with Paul or Ant. And that was important. So when we started that company, it was about everybody on a, being apologetically themselves because mm. you're the person selling it. What I learned from Tory T was that he he was creating stars inside of a big company. I want to do the exact same thing with y'all. Whoever you are, Big C, I want you to be the best Big C possible. I want my right. brand to make Big C bigger because Big C is going to make me more money, which is going to make him more money, and so on and so forth. That was hello, bingo. <laughs> that was the marriage. But you know, it's funny you say it's so simple. Like, oh yeah, you just do this and do this. That theory is the hardest thing to accomplish on a yeah. mass production scale right. in college from niggas who probably never had nothing, and a lot of them is doing it for pussy. Excuse right. my language, but pussy right. or drugs or something that has nothing to do with progression. It's the man with the plan. I ain't Clark Kent, but some of the ladies do call me Superman. It's your boy, Big Cali. And I want to talk to you about my new podcast, Big Cali World and Argoon Radio. Coming at you with some of the hottest, newest content coming out of Southern California. The world, man, let's just say the world, because we cover in all bases, you dig me? You can listen to both of these podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, 
wherever else podcasts are heard. You can also find it on BigCaliWorld.com. And you know what? From other people out there, you can watch both of these podcasts as well as other fresh content on my YouTube page. Just look up Big Cali World and go ahead and subscribe today. You dig me? Let's go. What I wanted to talk to you about is because so you branded Hit Squad, had the logo, started recruiting. Like when did that you were like, okay, I need to start recruiting more people than just who my peoples are. And how did that party? And then then I want to go into Oak. And then after that, after that. So so we basically understood early on, and I understood early on that our celebrity was driving any of this. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, then it was basically about duplication. We're getting older. We're going to be out of school sometime. We never thought that we would be able to do it once we got out of school. So now a clock was ticking. Now it was shit. It's 05. I get out of school in 07. How the fuck do I mm. keep this shit going? Who do I pass this to next? Who's the next graduating class? That's what his squad did back home. Somebody graduated, there was new kids. It was incoming freshmen. And you know what I mean? New new popping kid, you know what I mean? The new young gunners. Who's our new young gunners? And that's literally what it was. Um, mm-hmm. there was a company called YRD um <laughs> on campus, Young Rich and Dangerous. Um <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, I mean he it was a great marketing. I loved everything about it. And the kid wanted to be a part of my company. And he's the first person I told no. And it wasn't no to be an asshole. It was no because I saw more in his company than he did. And I'm like, bro, you got something good going on. Like, you don't want to be a part of my shit. You know, yeah. you're not going to live here well. You know what I'm saying? You're going to want to be the boss at some point because that's what's inside yeah. of me. And right. that's true. Um, he resented me for it. He didn't understand it. Um but, you know, later on in life, we talked about it. And he understood. Um, but inside of that, man, he did some really bad business early on. And um, he turned off some of the people he was working with. And um, they honestly just came over and was like, yo, listen, we're, we're looking for a good home to be ourselves. Um, and while we fuck with homie, um, he didn't do right by things. And we took him with open arms, man. We just said, all right, cool. And it just grew from there, man. And they were so outward as people and then they were the first morehouse people we had as well um shout out to my man rich my man brent tony and brandon yeah. um those were our first young gunners and then jamar rodriguez and they they were all morehouse kids who had that same swag they were from different places texas uh in delaware and yeah. this was it was a newfound thing that we had seen. These were cool kids. And was this around the same time that the documentary came out about you guys? This is this is literally a semester after the documentary. Damn. Because all the stuff you've seen in the documentary was that playing out. You saw them, they had just left the company, YRD, Damn. and we were meeting with YRD, who Damn. was a company that had basically had a fall from grace. You know what I mean? They came out the Damn. game. Their first event was this kid was Mr. Freshman, I think, at Morehouse. And he had some contacts with some studios to get Lil Wayne. And they found out how to get some investors to go and get Lil Wayne to do a concert at Morehouse. And they were party promoters on it. So think about it. This is Lil Wayne, you know, when he's, you know, best rapper lives, since the best rapper retired. Yeah. And this is Wayne when he's in his prime, killing everything, super scissored up, you know what I mean? Like, killing. And here they are about to go on a concert with this nigga at Morehouse. 
This is 07, oh, like 06, so. 07. And I'm sitting here just like, <sighs> what the fuck? How did they get, like, how did they pull that off? You know, niggas on my ass. Like, Corey, why y'all do that? And I'm like, nigga, I don't know how to get the little Wayne. And I went to this concert. Something happened financially where I think they didn't have the back end for Lil Wayne. And Lil Wayne pulled up with his tour bus and literally said, I'm not coming in without the back end. And they were stalling. And I was backstage seeing all this shit. I never forget, man. Uh, Ant was with me and looked at me. He was like, bro, should we just go? What if we can go get Lil Wayne at $10,000 right now? I think it was 10000 and I was like, I don't know, but how does that translate to this being our event now? Do we bail these niggas out? Like, what do we do? And he was like, Well, I mean, I could probably figure out. Ant's always been really good with money. So we were talking Shout about Shout out Ant, by the way. I used to love pulling yeah. up to Ant's house. When I mean, you go to Ant's house, yeah. money time. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good feeling. It was a good it vibe. When you go to Ant's career, man. He always took care of me, man. Always y'all always say, my bad. Side note. I can always do that all day, man. That's what's all good, man. But um uh so did y'all go see did y'all go bail them out or no we let it play out man and um as it played out man they uh they started throwing shit you know i keep getting these gems and people start throwing shit people throwing bottles and i'm gonna say (laughs) they went up there like you know we forget to inform you that Lil wayne won't be performing tonight it was just you gotta think people knew it wasn't they knew he was there so they didn't understand it they like you know they knew it was some janky promoter shit because if Lil Wayne doesn't show up, they're like, oh, well, you know, Wayne did some janky shit. Wayne was there. Everybody knew his store bus was that there. That was a good chess move, then. That was yeah. good. You got to let it You gotta let it burn sometimes. Yeah. It sucks. It's, it's hard I didn't know, to say no. Know, I, didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be. I just didn't see how it benefited us. Right. And, well, uh, the event's already happening. It was yeah, already in. Right. You can't you can't go up there like, hey guys, so now it's our event and we're the right. reason it happened. So Lil right. Wayne, like, no, that ain't going to yeah. work. bro. I get it. Yeah. So yeah. well, after that happened, that's where the void came in, and that's where the soldiers came in. Yep. And then, so this is oh, if this is 07, I came to Clark in oh nine. Yeah, you you were get you got a real good taste of. So by the time you get there, I'm probably the most cockiest person on the planet at that point, because I've 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 endured so much in those yes. past couple years. On top of the fact that I had just graduated, so here I am learning that damn I could still do this after school. But what I did in school was so big. Niggas still want me to do shit. And I think I had just started throwing homecoming too. You know, throwing homecoming concerts. So I'm like on top of the world. And were you doing that? Or how did you even fool that? Is that because of just the SGA people? Like all your friends that was in oh, SGA at the time? Man, connects, the, the gentleman by the name of Jamal Coleman, who's one of my mentors as well. Um, he's a former SGA president at Clark Atlanta, alumni president, um, and very heavy Clark Atlanta influence. Influency as well as uh, an Atlanta uh, tastemaker, uh, but on a corporate side, uh, corporate entertainment side, uh, Essence Magazine, just things of that nature. Um, with that being said, um, he um, he basically was doing the concerts, um, and I asked him to intern. Nothing more, nothing less. Like, hey, let me learn under you. I, I like this entertainment shit and. It just became my show after a while. Like, like I literally started running the entire show for him, and it wasn't no, it wasn't a money thing for me. It was just like, let me see how good I can do. 
and I just got you're more a booking artist for like the homecoming con. I mean, after I mean, first it was just being a stage manager. First it was being a runner. Then it was being a stage manager. Then it was running the entire production. Then it was choosing the stage to choosing the artist, going and meeting with Young Jock and giving him his his money and wiring T Pain his money and literally doing things I hadn't done before. So that's how you know. So I couldn't figure out. That's the that's why I said the illusion of you. Because I remember as a freshman, we go to the homecoming cons, we go everywhere, and you were always like there, like in there yeah. though. And I was like, he's yeah. like, I know you were a student, <laughs> right? But you weren't really like an SGA president or like ASV no. or, I, uh, or none of it, that. It, you it, were it, it was it was a lot of backroom conversation, man. Like, um, so my mentor Chakazu is also is also Ludacris's. Um, manager, um, and if people don't know him, they need to Google him. That's a yeah. very, very good, powerful, good. very informative. Very, no, right. he is Atlanta. Like, if he you know Atlanta, Atlanta. a lot sure. of Atlanta shit, I, I learned right. that just been working. His name yeah. always gets brought up in conversation. Always, always. You know, so shout out, shout he's, out. He's our, he's our, he's our, uh, he's our Godfather here, and um, he uh, happens to be my personal mentor, and I just so happened to go when I was matriculating. Um, I left this part out and started interning at DTP, starting a piece of records. That's how they got you. So with that being said, that kind of gave me an understanding of strategic marketing through Portia Kirkland and Aisha Obafemi and Jeff Dixon, just kind of showing me the ropes of how to move. Um, and the class of people that I interned with are all big names to this point that the former director of marketing for Def Jam, who is the new director of marketing, I believe she's at Capital or Warner right now. Forgive me, Shawnee, if you see this. Uh, Shawnee, <laughs> right. um, she was an intern with me. You know what I'm saying? And she started wow. answering the phones in DTP. She's the director of marketing over an entire label now. Um, um, you know, Paris Kirk, he's at Spotify. Um, shit, uh, who else is there? JP was, he, he's Luda's actual manager now. Uh, role manager. Um, and these are all the same interning class at DTP. Yeah, Rachel Jackson. She's at YouTube, uh, an executive there. Shout out, Rachel. Um, yeah, Rachel, baby, for sure. Um, Sean and Tunde, they uh, run the LVRN imprint, which houses Summer Walker and Rari, um, Drum, and, um, you know, just. Just these what are all the, the hell people. Is who, in the water? What the and, hell is in the water? And, you know, I don't know what we did, what they did different at DTP, but everybody who touched that arena and who got put there, Ronaldo Nehemiah, he's, you know, celebrity stylist to the stars. Um, I mean, wow. like everybody, Dean, Jesus, I can't forget Dean, one of the persons who put me um, in the game. You know, he was at um, Reebok and he's now director of global marketing at one of these record labels. I don't know, but. It's okay. Um, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. I mean, but everybody who got touched in that in, in that situation moved on to be something bigger and better. You know what I mean? Um, so this is my this is my part of my story. Uh, but they so sent me on tour. They yeah, sent me on tour. They sent me on tour with the Scream Tour with Bobby Valentino, um, and uh, we did that. And we did the Fifty Cent Tour, um, where we followed Fifty Cent's tour and did DTP shit. And you know, we had Chingy. At that time, so this is when DTP was print money. You had Bobby V, you know, Sharif was killing, you know, doing her shit with Rodney Jerkins. I mean, we really couldn't catch a brick. Bobby had just went gold, you know, it while on the screen tour. This is when Omarion had just went solo and he's dancing and shit, you know what I mean? And we're literally, <laughs> like, 
You know, I mean, this is pretty Ricky. That's this so is all, all these people on this tour. Oh. B five, and they sent me on tour. You know, I mean, this is when Fifty's popping. He just wrote his book. Just Corinne Stephens is popping. She had just wrote Superhead book. Like all this is when social <laughs> awareness starts really getting high. You know what I mean? The yeah. gossip, social. And you're gossip, at the forefront of it all. I'm watching it all. Wow. I'm watching it all. And um, so that's kind of where I learned that. So when I came back to Atlanta, I was unfazed. You know, I was moving at a different level now because I had seen so much. I had seen marketing. And that's what I marketing. see. Wow. I saw, I saw big budget marketing. You know what I'm saying? I saw boardrooms. I saw Kevin Lyle spaz out. I had seen Dame spazzing out. I seen Big Jeff spazzing out. You know what I'm saying? I had called Quincy Jones' house. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've... I had done a lot. I had been around a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Limos, Learjets, yeah. tour buses, and stuff like that. So by the time I came back to Atlanta, I was a different man. So my gear Damn. was different. I couldn't think like a student anymore. I couldn't think like a 22-year-old anymore. I was mm. I was turned out, and I've been chasing that ever since. I know I know what the big games look like. I don't have to look at it on somebody else's social media. I've been there. I've done shit, man. And it ain't no pictures to prove it, man. I just got stories and understandings. I got people who well, say, hey, he was in the room. And I acknowledge Well, here's the thing. You, it ain't even about the pictures sometimes. And I learned this growing up the older I get. Mm-hmm. Real niggas, no. Yeah. Fuck a picture. Fuck an Instagram. Could you walk into the a club, a bar, a lounge, Bro. and go to the nigga that owns this and talk to him and shake his hand and eat lunch and dinner and he knows you? Like, bro, you had a picture with Kobe when I was in college. <laughs> I saw you with a picture with Kobe. Yeah, Legit, man. if you want to touch yeah, on that for piece, a second, man. too. Man, um, that was a great time, man. Um, Chaka Zulu yet again, and that's why I can't ever take anything from DTP. Everybody else where the start comes from and where I really got my, my know-how. It comes from that arena of people. And the proof is there out of everybody who's come out of that 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 house of Disturbing the Peace and Ebony Sun. Um in, in Luda Day weekend and things like that. But um, Chaka literally, you know, we're really big Laker fans and Cowboys fans. And he's from New York, from Jersey. And it's weird. So it's just, we, we, we have so many similarities. So, you know, I find a guy, you know, as a single mom, a product of a single mom and an only child. And I gravitated towards a guy who had like-minded qualities, right? So, um, you know, us talking Laker shit and things like that on a regular basis just was, normal and i knew you know he was a random like chaka would be like yo uh i got tickets to uh wrestlemania you know front row you want to go because i'm busy i'm going to eat i'm going to eat at mcdonald's right now you want the tickets (laughs) (laughs) yeah bro that's cool or yeah yeah, for sure (laughs) that's some atlanta shit bro or or like yo i got courtside tickets um I gotta run out of town to LA, right? Run out of town to LA. You want them? You know they course out they TV seats. You want to go? When? In like two hours. Oh, all right, cool, cool. So the Kobe thing was literally just like that. It was like, yo, what you doing? Um, and he was like, I was like, I'm headed to the crib. And he was like, um, come back downtown, meet me at um this restaurant. Um, I think it was Antica Posta. Um, and he was like, yo, meet me at this restaurant, restaurant in Buckhead. Whatever, like that. Uh, we're gonna sit down and eat with Kobe. I was like, all right, cool. And I got the phone. Like, what? what the fuck did he just say? And I called him back like four times and he wouldn't answer. And I, I, I came home and I remember telling my girlfriend at the time, I said, yo, 
I think this nigga Chaka said we about to meet with Kobe and eat. But I don't see why he would want me to, like, what I got to talk to Kobe about. And, you know, I had started thinking about all the comments because he'll just, he'll do that randomly. Like, he'll, to this yeah. day, he will call me and be like, yo, I got Michael B. Jordan in town. We trying to move around. What you doing? What you got tonight? Literally, to this day. And I meet <laughs> both of my stars just like that. And while Michael B. Jordan was doing Black Panther, literally, he was in town because they filmed that shit for like two months here. And he don't go yeah. out. He's from Jersey. He's like, yo, like, yo, you should meet him. He brought him to the club. No problem. That's so tight. But if I'm not there, it's still the same conversation. Where should we go? Can you make a phone call? Exactly. You know, what I mean? and this is a man who can call anybody in the city, but he lets me make the phone call. You know wow. what I'm saying? It's small little intricate details. Um, but with that being said, man, um, literally it just it just was an evolution, man, of 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 just times in 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 Kobe. It was me. One of the white boys who played like center, I don't know if it was Scola. I don't remember who the hell it was. Um, <laughs> and Kobe had two handlers there, and we just met and talked. The crazy shit about that meeting was seeing the world from his eyes. Um, and it was just elevated, you know. Mm. Every time he needed something, he had a he literally had a handler sitting maybe about eight feet from behind him. And every time he did this, the handler would get up and just go to his ear like, yes, and just do whatever he needed. So one time he got up and he was like, and a guy had been there by the time his finger went up. And like, I mean, it was a girl. I'm sorry. It was a little Asian chick. She comes up and is another. She goes to the car and gets a box. True story. And he's like, um, y'all want to show y'all this and whatever like that. I'm debuting these soon but um i ain't show nobody for real this is the first time that he showed i guess anybody um but for sure they hadn't been in the public yet the the low top shoes i don't know if people remember it was very oh. controversial we started wearing those yeah low top um, nikes and everybody just was like what he's wearing low tops and shit like that um yeah and he showed them to us and i thought he was out of his fucking mind and i didn't know how to tell him like bro <laughs> You just a low tie with a fucking cross trainer. Like, what do you, what do you do? You stupid. Um, but you know, it, it caught its own wave, man, and it, and it did well. But um, he knew, he, he knew it before. He knew. He, knew. he fucking knew, bro. He but just knew. seeing his perspective of life, man, and just how he was talking, and um, he he knew everybody's game from the Hawks, and he talked about them as numbers. So instead of saying Josh Smith or you know whoever played for the team at the time, it was yeah, fifteen. He's really good in transition, and you know I gotta watch eleven. His post moves are cool, but he's weak when it comes to the dribbles. So that's gonna be my rip all day. And I mean, he was just like he's talking like a computer. I mean, and it was crazy. Wait, this is at dinner. He's the talking like at dinner. We just let him talk, bro. It's just like, and I'm texting PK like, bro, is this shit fucking real? He's like, oh, I keep pinching myself. It's crazy. He's like, y'all don't know what to say. And they're like, you know, we overly laughing at shit because it's like we don't have anything to put into this conversation. But I'm gonna laugh at your joke, bro. Um, yeah. And then he did the craziest shit ever. So the guy who's there is Italian. And, you know, this is where you, you start remembering who Kobe really is. And he comes up and, you know, Kobe asks him something about a man, but he starts talking to him in Italian fluently. Fluently. But you got to remember, Kobe grew up in Italy. In Italy. Yeah, and he knew and Spanish, too. He knew Spanish. So, you know, he's sitting there. He's, he's sitting there. He's 
I mean, he's talking, his accents, and they're talking through the menu, and the guy's just like, he's blushing, because it's like, damn, this nigga sound like he from home. You know what I'm saying? He's sitting yeah. in front of me, and this is Kobe. You know what I mean? And we're just sitting there watching this shit in amazement. And it was just crazy, man. It was just a surreal moment. And right before we about to go out, everybody had got their pitches, and I was like, you know, I don't want to press them. And I'm like, that, that's Kobe, nigga. This is the, the, I was about to you say, don't bro. To, you don't look up to a lot. You don't of ever players. take pictures with any of these celebs, by the way. Too all these celebs, I rarely see you. They pics. they, they random. I, I'll get a few of, of of certain people, right? Right? But there's way more non pictures than there are pictures. But this one, I was like, man, fuck it. And to me, it really wasn't even a good picture. It was taking on a BlackBerry, um, eighty six hundred. <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, it really was camera phones were really prevalent. And uh, I took the picture, and you know that was that was what it was, man. He took it with no problem, and it wasn't no problem. Like, yeah, no problem. You know, I remember you came back to the hit squad meeting, and you're like, yeah, you know, just had dinner with Kobe, you know, something dude. like. I was like, who is this nigga? I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we about to go hard with the promo now. I was like, I gotta get to where that shit is, oh. and I'm glad. But the thing is, it wasn't like also because I don't want to create this narrative. You created young entrepreneurs. You were help molding young marketers young people that are go-getters that weren't from this city that weren't from this city and we were promoting clubs in the city like niggas think i'll be in atlanta because i know all the clubs i think i worked all them clubs but i was nine i was was a freshman and all that kind of stuff man i was doing that so man i appreciate what you did for us man i appreciate that movement i appreciate the whole Thing and I'm sure we we got to do a part two of this too because oh, yeah. there's so many more. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's so man. much more, man. It's, it's so much that. more, bro. But I wanted before we go and get out of here, I want you. I want to hear about Oak because people. This is like one of the most popping clubs right now in Atlanta. Yeah, we talked about Hit Squad, the college days, but this shit transformed into now you're a club owner. Talk Ooh. about Oak. What what is the future of Oak and like, what's up, man? How did that even happen? God is good, man. That's all I can say. Um, we've always been in position, my friends and I, to always make the next step. Always. Um, whoever's been praying for us and whoever's been having us in our good graces and, I guess, all the things that we've we've put in the universe that were good have been just coming back to us full circle. And that's why you can see us. You know, be involved with the bar vegans and, uh, you know, just different things going on around the city. And um, Oak Atlanta is just one of those testaments, man. Um, a gentleman, want to say prior, right around the end of when you were getting out of school, we started doing Club H2O um, mm. on the east side. And um, that ended up turning into the Club Libra. The gentleman who owned that was a gentleman by the name of D Money. And um, D and uh, a few of his partners, uh, Jacob York, um, Felix. Shout Murray. out Jacob York, right? Um, Very Atlanta legend. <laughs> yeah, and um, those gentlemen. And, you know, that's another person who's put me in a lot of good rooms and a good, good a lot of good conversations. Um, just off of his legend. I mean, he used to actually manage, be the road manager with with, with Biggie Small. So I mean, there's a lot of different people who touch in the Junior yeah. Mafia. Like, yeah, like those are. People who actually knew Biggie, you know what I mean? Who actually, yeah. you know what I mean? Then you know he he managed Dipset. Like I mean, it's just a lot of it's a lot of different cool things. But um, I gotta have Jacob York there. on the podcast too, man. You got to. That'll Jacob, be a, that'll be a... You, you're gonna need you're gonna need three of them. He got a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> he got a lot to say. He got a lot yeah. to say. But um, with that being said, man, um, 
because we did business back in the day, um, the owners of Cafe Circa owned this place called Elite Tavern, um, which in, ended up being Oak Atlanta. Um, and we were looking because Super Bowl was coming to do something meaningful in the city. And we didn't own anything. And, you know, we wanted to get a good deal. So we was like, man, instead of trying to go get these big clubs who we know going to go and, you know, do crazy numbers, why don't we go and try to, you know, get some low-hanging fruit and just do our own thing. Everything's going to pop. But we have our own relationships with entertainers and football players and stuff like that. So over the years from doing all years. this stuff you ever done. So it was like, man, should we could book our own people. We don't got to go through nobody. And we just told them, like, yo, let us let us have a spot for the weekend. Give us a number. Um, Y'all not going to do shit with it. Like, let us just throw some, like, straight parties. And it was like, yo, that would be a great idea, but we're selling the place. Like, the ink's almost dry. Maybe we could call him and talk him into it. And like, this guy named Pete. The like, guy, right, cool. Let's call Pete. So um, she sets up a meeting, uh, Mindy, who owned Cafe Circa, and basically a meeting with me, myself, Lyric, and Pete. And uh, me and Lyric were doing Cafe Circa at the time, her other spot. And I had went out of town, so I told Lyric to take the meeting. Lyric took the meeting. Somewhere in the conversation, he says something to the effect of, I'm doing the event with Corey. Um, and P basically says, Corey, what do it look like? And he was like, he got hair. He's like, nah, 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 he don't got hair. And he's like, oh, nigga, I know you used to have dress. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Well, this guy used to have dreads. Corey with a K. He's like, Corey, man, call that nigga. Where he at? Why he ain't coming to the meeting? So he FaceTimes me. And literally in the FaceTime, you're looking at me like, Corey, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, D? Bro, we said it was somebody named P. Like, no, nah, nigga, this D money. And he's like, yo. Instead of y'all trying to throw the party and stuff like that, why don't y'all come be partners with me? Um, he kept his word. He put wow. us in a great position and gave us an opportunity that nobody else did. Um, and, you know, it's been a lot of learning. It's a lot, been a lot of, you know, ups and downs, just learning the business. Um, mm -hmm. But we've got our feet under us now. And uh, moving into our third year of operation. Um, I've been there. It was beautiful. I had a good time you. when I went there. Thank it was you. a good time, man. We, we've. We've done a lot, man. We've had some of everybody there. We've had the Cardi B's there numerous times. We've had the Migos there numerous times, the Little Babies, Kevin Hart, 50 Cent. I mean, Tiana Taylor, um, you know, Drea. I mean, everybody you could think of. Yeah. You know, Young Thug. I mean, everybody you could think of has wow. been at our venue, um, you know, in 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 it's it's a compilation of things. It's It's the relationships we built. Um, you know, the position we're in of power to do different things, buying power and just putting good things into this city and it's come back yeah. full circle and we're blessed, man. And we have more things coming. You know what I mean? I'm happy to say, um, that there will be new venues coming. Let's um, go. New stuff coming up. So yeah, just stay on the lookout, man. When we, you come to Cali, coming. man, when I you come to, to Cali, I, I really, I really need to, I haven't been to California in a very long time. California was very, very good to me um, when I was I out there. I need you to throw some parties out here, man. Hey, man you ain't trying to buy no venue out here? I would do like I got to put, do I gotta put it together? You, you might have to, man. I mean, everything, <laughs> so to be honest with you, bro, I've always wanted to expand to other cities and other states. Um, but the scary part for me is Atlanta worked because I, I, I was able to study the culture. Everything I've done here is worked because I, I actually do homework and I study. 
That's my secret sauce, nothing else. Putting in the work. Um, mm. And finding out once I look at something where I can implement myself. I don't just pick myself up and drop myself in the city or drop my brand in the city or drop my ideas in the city. Every idea doesn't work for every city and every situation. I've learned that in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff that I tried to do 10 years ago didn't work, but is like popping now. I was trying to force this grown and sexy college party shit, me and Lyric, and it didn't work 10 years ago. Now it's, it's, it's a whole way. Yeah, now it is. You know yep. what I'm saying? Um, wow, so, man. Yeah, man. Um, if, if I can get Corey, the opportunity to learn something, man, I, I would go and, you know, do it anyway. I'm going to put some, I'm going to put something together. I want to get you into the cannabis culture out here. Uh-oh. I'm going to have you throw some cannabis events out here. Okay. We're going to okay. do something. We got, I got, okay. I got something in the books. Just, just okay. let me, I'm going to make it make sense, you know, because. Yeah, it's gonna be tight, man. But honestly, bro, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, bro. No problem. It was so many gems, and you taught me a lot. And we got to do this again, honestly, bro. Yeah, man. Like, we're gonna up, do this man. again. Set it up. Yeah, Set it up, man. I, 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 I love your platform. I love what you've done. I'm, I'm very proud of you and who you've Thank grown you, into, sir. Um, and I'm happy that I'm, I'm, I'm a part of your story, as you're a Thank part you. of mine. Thank you, brother. You are, man, and uh. Trust me, man. I don't. I I wouldn't take nothing back, and I would do it again. Same Thank way, you. man. I would Thank do it again. You. Same Thank shit, man. It was it was it was vibes. It was fun. I learned a lot, and I learned Atlanta, man. And, I, and that's my second home. Every time I'm in Atlanta, I know I'm good. I don't worry about shit when I'm in Atlanta. I'm not talking like I'm some big Coleon nigga or nothing like that. It's just like my big bros, my niggas. I can call my niggas because I put yeah. in the work. But the Absolutely. same way y'all did. I I was taught that the same way my homies, everyone. So man, shout out my hit squad family. Love y'all, man. Corey, I appreciate you, bro. Uh, tell people your handle. Where can people visit your spot in Atlanta? You know, whatever, whatever you want to promote, drop. Here's your time, bro. Uh, the newest venture, man, is Bar Vegan ATL, man. We are in Pont City Market. Uh, shout out to Pinky Cole, Aaron Madison, Lyric McCorvey. Um, uh, and that's Pinky from Slutty Vegan, by the way, right? If we're not, CAU own, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, so she's a great person to be involved with um so you know i'm in her leadership circle there uh, of course oak atlanta okatl.com 30 ivan allen jr boulevard um and you can find any of this on my page at uh cory wit a k k o r e y w i t a k um on instagram facebook twitter and everything else that streams and does pictures i guess I love it, man. For sure, man. Hey, bro. And uh, I appreciate you. And for this podcast, you can go to BigCaliWorld.com. It's available on YouTube. It's available on Big, uh, excuse me, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can hear podcasts, it's available there. And it's exclusively on the Big Cali World stream. Please subscribe. We're trying to get those subscribers up, please. And also, if you want to do a podcast, you know, a lot of people come up to me, say they want to do podcasts. So if y'all want to do that, go to ProductiveCulture.com backslash podcast. And how did you hear about us section? Put in Big Cali World, Big Cali, Argoon Radio. Put in some promote promo code. You will get that promo episodes. You will get a lot of help, and they'll give you that special discount. You know that? And uh, besides that, man, we're going to get up out of here, man. I appreciate you, Corey. Once again, man, it's all love. You all stay right. safe out there. And I'll be out there soon, man, for sure, for sure. All right? All right, bro. All right, man. It's the man with the plan. I ain't Clark Kemp. Some of the ladies do call me Superman. It's your boy, Big Cali, man. We out. Peace. Big Cali world all the time. Extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Big Cali world.
world all the time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Big Cali world all the time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Big Cali world all the time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit.